0: Uh, non conference play is over. you guys went seven and six. The last few games have been disappointing. Uh, where is your team right now
1: uh they're in the weight room. <laughs> <laughs> we just got done with practice and we had a good spirited practice and then they went over for their hour lift afterwards with our strength coach and uh you know we're we're at seven and six. I'm happy about having a winning non conference record. However, there's a couple games that I sure would like to have back uh, and I think I'm still in the process of teaching this young group how to win I'm tired of saying they're young, but it it is what it is, and, uh, you know, I think the residue of losing over the last couple of years is thick, and uh, we had a couple of games, Mammoth and Siena being two of them, where we had good-sized leads going into the final ten minutes of the game, and we weren't able to put them away on the road, granted, but, uh, you know, those are games that I, that I think we should have won. Uh, you know, a great win at Fordham, a very, uh, at uh, Manhattan, rather. A, uh, a very competitive game with a very good Harvard team. So I, I think we've shown what we are capable of, but consistency is a sign of maturity. And, uh, and that's something we're working hard on day-to-day to get that.
0: And let's go back to that Santa game. It was a tale of two halves. Do you think it was a case where the opponent got hot in the second half and you had no answer, or do you view it more as, look, we had control of this
1: game and we couldn't seal the deal? Uh, the latter. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, you know, we're up 13, we're in a timeout, and I'm talking to them about having the ability to put this team away. I think that's something we've struggled with uh, over the last couple of years, and, and that's what separates good teams from great teams, you know, teams that close out first halves and end of games, find ways to win uh, you know the last few minutes of a half and, and the last few minutes of a game. We're very good when we get into the last five minutes because we can spread the floor, you can't press us, we can make free throws. But it's that 10 or 12 minute mark to that five-minute mark where uh, we, we were poured defensively. So uh, with that said, uh, you know, as the other team is scoring, they're getting organized defensively. And then you have to go down and you have to attack organized defense. We're a few stops in that game away from uh, we're doing a great job when we do get stops at getting out and scoring in the open floor. That's probably right now our most uh, efficient offense because of the three guard, uh, three or four guards that are on the floor at the same time. So it really came down to a, a defensive effort. We have to continue to get better at defending the ball and rebounding the basketball. And, and Coach
0: Duke told us after that game, Siena was playing zone on defense. You guys were having success. That got you the 13-point lead, and then they switched to man, and that's where the struggles began. Have you seen the offense this year have trouble at times adjusting to defenses when they change?
1: Yeah, it was a flip-flop of that. They went zone late on us, and, uh, you know, the first time they did, we have a zone cut we run, and John Sevier came off and made a three against the zone, and I was, you know, all right, here we go, John's right. going to get it going, you know. And, Second half. And once again, I'm expecting uh, a great deal from a freshman. But he was having a rough night, and all, all it takes is for John to, to string a few together, and it changes the whole complexion of a game, as it does if we can get Brian Smith or Brandon Frazier or Mandel Thomas for that fact. Mandel was the only one in the second half who put up any numbers. Right. He had a very good second half scoring the ball. But with that said, uh, you know, that's the difference between coming out of a timeout that your opponent scores. At the time, he has one timeout left, and there's 13 minutes left in the game. And we're saying, who are, you know, as I said to the team, whoever makes the next run wins this game. Because if we're able to get that separation and get that lead uh, you know, to 18-20, then it becomes a much more challenging uh, run for them to get back in it. Uh, you know, We came out of the gate flat at Siena. Uh, I thought in the first five minutes of the game it was a rock fight. Neither team could score. We right. had some very ugly, unforced turnovers. And you know, there's an opportunity to jump on an opponent on the road. You know, you can win games in the first five minutes. You don't always have to win them in the last five. <laughs> so uh, once again, uh, we watched a bunch of tape from it. It's a learning process for them. And, uh, you know, I just have to stay patient.
0: Looking forward, you begin conference play Wednesday at Duquesne. And the eight ten perennially, you know, every year, one of the toughest conferences in the country. This year, certainly no different. Do you expect a certain number of conference wins out of your team?
1: No. I mean, I don't put a hard number on anything. I think that, you know, the, the season's a marathon. You're going to go through stretches where, you know, you'll be healthy, your opponent won't. You'll be injured, your opponent will be healthy. Home and away, you know, crowds, all of these different things come into into play. So, uh, no, I expect to go into each game preparing this team to win. And, uh, and I believe we have the talent on the floor to do that on most nights if uh, we have a team effort. You know, we're not the kind of team where one or two guys can play well. We've had nights where, you know, uh, Brandon Frazier has 30 and John Severe has 28 and we don't win. Because we need to get balance, and we need to have a you know a steady play out of the front court as well as the back court. So uh, no, I go into into a ten play. Look, it's the seventh round conference in the country for a reason. Uh, you know, the, the, from top to bottom, there is not a game. And I like I've said to you on a number of occasions, I've coached in other conferences, the America East, the CAA, where there are certain nights you know you're going into gyms and it's going to take a, an incredible effort by the opponent for them to beat you. Right. Uh, it, that's not the case in the A10. I mean, any given a nine, very, in the A-10. yeah, any given nine, especially on the road, and uh, you know teams are going to come in and and, and they're going to go after each other. So. It's an exciting time for us to go into conference play, and 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 hopefully we can take care of business on the road at uh, Duquesne on Wednesday.
0: Mac Rosenberg with uh, Fordham basketball coach Tom Picore here on one on one, and Coach John Severe been getting some national recognition this week. ESPN's Jay Billis featuring him in his uh, freshman to watch segment. Uh, how pleased are you with his performance now heading into conference play?
1: Well, once again, he's a freshman. You can't ask for too much uh, from freshmen or expect too much from them uh you know john has got a lot to work a lot of work to do but he has this incredible raw talent his ability to score the basketball in bunches uh you know as you've seen he's had games where he struggled struggled and then going on a You know, an 8- to 10-minute block where he's unstoppable, and he's a force because of that. So he's putting up those offensive numbers. He's got to get better at defending the basketball. He's got to get better at uh, his transition defense, you know. But what freshmen don't, very few uh, are in the class where those are not issues, no matter who they are. So he's worthy of, uh, you know, the recognition he's getting. You know, being one of the leading scorers in a conference uh, as highly thought of as the A-10 is is quite – an accomplishment for a freshman now you know can he keep it up as we get into conference play uh he's a focal point of everyone's scouting report you know along with Brandon Frazier right now so how does he adjust to that The, the various defenses he's going to see the double teams he's going to see the fact that teams are going after him defensively to try to wear him down at that end of the floor so this is all part of the maturation process for a player 718-365-9070
0: 718 if you want to ask a question about Fordham basketball here to Coach Bacor. We also have an email or question in here from Michael Kalp. And Michael asks, uh, John Severe a tremendous scorer and talent at times, his shot selection and turnovers hurt the team. How is he being coached slash taught to improve his decision-making?
1: Well, you know, you watch a lot of film with him. One of the hardest things for great high school scorers is, is to learn how to play with a yellow light, not a green light. (laughs) And that's college basketball, you know. And uh, also with great scores, at times you have to understand uh, those are shots John can make. And he has made some real tough shots with people in his face. So confidence is the issue there, but we watch a lot of film with him. Obviously, every day in practice we talk to him about that. His assist-to-turnover ratio for a freshman isn't horrible. I've seen worse, you know, and he's had games where he's had high numbers when he's had the basketball in his hand. I thought the second half of the Loyola game, he looked like a future point guard. Right. he was getting in the lane, laying the ball off, hitting people with plays, uh, making good basketball plays. So uh, that's all part of the maturation process. But obviously it's something to discuss with him in practice, during games, and then we do a lot of video work where we sit down with the guys and we show them videos and, and, and show them what's happening off the ball one of the difficult things for uh many freshmen coming in especially when they're backcourt players is you're not going to get to the rim the way you did in high school on this level the bodies are too big people just close out and and uh, and get to the ball so quickly on a defensive end so that's one of John's challenges as well but uh, we're we're happy with the progress he continues to make uh and he, and he's working harder at, uh, at at all aspects of it brandon
0: fraser's having an excellent season uh but in these past few games there have been some times uh, when you you know you expect him to take over a game and he's deferred to his teammates. Uh, is he pressured at all about leading his team right now?
1: Well, I don't know if he's feeling pressure, uh, but as a senior point guard, uh, yeah, I'm on, him about it. I'm, I'm you know I was very concerned. I thought down at Mammoth he kind of deferred right. and ran away from the ball on a couple of possessions. He's a great kid and he and he really wants to please and he wants to do the right thing and I and I'm sure in his heart at that time. He was thinking I'm pro- probably better, you know, making a jumper from the corner, or let Jermaine Myers come off a high ball screen or Chris Whitehead. But I explained to him specifically that I want the ball in his hands when plays need to be made because he'll make it's not just about him making the the, the winning shot. It's about him making winning plays. And uh, obviously his assist to turnover ratio is is excellent. He's got the ability to get in the lane, and his size still finish if he doesn't kick the ball out. But that's our veteran right there. That's our our leader, and and uh, I'll live with him making those decisions late in the game.
0: And Bill, class of nineteen seventy one, emails in. Uh, Coach, can you please tell us about additional recruiting plans and needs to fill for next season?
1: Yeah, that was a good year, seventy one, man. <laughs> so, I'll tell you what. Some of our the the, the majority of our hard uh, hard nosed. Fordham basketball fans were here during those <laughs> wonder years in, uh, in the early 70s. Well, we're going to continue to recruit as we always do. Uh, we actually have a young man on a visit this weekend. Um, and, uh, you know, we're going to now move forward after the signing of Eric Pascal, who's kind of a hybrid who could really play one through four in, in wow. our system. Uh, someone you value, I'm sure. Yeah, very much so. He's, he's, he's a very good player. Uh, but we're looking at front court players uh, if, indeed, we fill another spot. For next year, and uh, and there's a number of games this weekend, so we'll be out and about uh, tomorrow doing a bunch of it. As you guys know, recruiting doesn't stop. Uh, you know, we're looking at sophomores and juniors as well, so it's a process that continues to you know c- continues twelve months a year. And another emailer question comes from Tucker.
0: Uh, Tucker asks, "What have you learned about the?" teams play this year that you didn't know when the season began? He says, looking forward to what you will do differently uh, when teams possibly go against uh, go on big scoring runs uh, like uh, what happened with Siena.
1: Yeah, well, you know, you burn timeouts. That's what you do. That's why you save them. You try to get them organized and, and get some confidence in them. I, I thought we'd be a little further along in that aspect. You know, um, it concerns me at times that when I do go into those timeouts, uh, nobody's angry except me. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and it's like, hey, guys, you know, you got to get you got to hit back. And, uh, you know, the, the better teams that I've coached, that's the the mindset. You look in their eyes and they can't wait to get back out on the floor to, to, to hit back. And that's something we're working on constantly in practice. And I'm talking to them about having that ability and that resiliency and that, that toughness and that grit. You know, uh, I mean, we come back and we win a game against the Loyola team when we're down. Um, Manhattan was a hand-to-hand combat for 40 minutes, and we come back on the road after they took the lead and beat them. So we have it in us. We have that ability within us, but it's something that's got to be consistent. It's got to be there every night, and that's something that we continue to work on and strive for.
0: Richard Teer emails in and asks... Um about uh, adjusting defense in conference play. He says that throughout the year, teams exploited the matchups at the 3 and 4, allowing opponents to score pretty much at will. Rob Poole is a good example, he says. So how will you adjust the defense now in uh, conference play?
1: Well, you know, we, we, when you get into conference play, it's game to game. It's scouting report. If teams obviously don't shoot the ball well from the perimeter, you're going to be playing a more zone, or you'll be playing a man-to-man, which gives them a little bit more space. Uh, I think on this level, the best players are one, twos, and 3s, so it's not unusual for team's best players to be at those positions and team's leading scorers. When you when you look through the Atlantic 10 Conference, very few front-court true you know back-to-the-basket players are the leading scorers. So uh, uh, in college basketball in general, it's the hardest position to find now is a guy who can score with his back-to-the-basket. So, uh, you know, the wing players are the best players and the best scorers, and we have to defend them in multiple ways. Uh, you know, and Rob Poole obviously had a career nine against us. He had 28 points. Uh, and and it's something that was unacceptable. You know, looking at the tape, he made a couple shots with guys draped on him, and, and he, he was having one of those nights. Uh, but, yes, we do need to uh, bear down defensively, especially in the last uh, 10 minutes of games. I think in the second half uh, they shot over 50%, and that's... That's just unacceptable.
0: Mac Rosenberg here with Tom Pacora on one-on-one. The Rams get ready for conference play. They're at 7-6 and six for the season. They'll face Duquesne Wednesday night in Pittsburgh. And, Coach, we've talked a little bit about Ryan Rooms being a leader for this team. Obviously only a sophomore, but he's showing a lot of good signs. He has a couple of double-doubles this year. But then he'll have a game like Siena where he gives you seven rebounds and doesn't even attempt a shot. Is it about staying consistent with him, do you think?
1: Very much so. And it's about you know putting in the hard work to, to become a better and more efficient offensive player, which we expect from him and Travion Leonard as well as Ryan Canty. It's something that's uh, an everyday thing. They have to work on their offensive ability to score in the post, and they have to stay out of foul trouble. And that's been a huge issue yeah. to have him and Travion foul out of games. Uh, you know, we haven't won a game when they've both fouled. Right. Out. So I mean, they've got to stay on the floor, and that's that's a sign of maturity. It's understanding what is a foul and what isn't a foul, and then keeping your composure so it doesn't. Uh, escalate and, you know, you pick one up a minute later because you're frustrated and you're trying to make a hard play, uh, it's a sign of immaturity. But once again, as a sophomore and he's getting a lot of minutes and and his maturation process has got to speed up, uh, you got to work to get shots. You know, shots don't come easy on this level. So uh, I talk to all of the players about making sure they all have know where their offensive sweet spots are, where they need to get on the floor to have success. And uh, so do their opponents because everyone is obviously prepared and scouting. So they need to work hard to find shots and, and to get shots in areas of the floor where they can score.
0: Email or question. A couple of them both dealing with uh, Antoine Anderson and Manny Suarez, guys who haven't played yet this year. Uh, Brett Olin wants to know did we lose uh, both of those appeals? And another email or question comes in about what is the status uh, of those two as well?
1: Yeah, they'll both be red shirted for this year. They're both. Uh, Antoine, through the NCAA ruling, is allowed to practice, so he's been great in practice and and doing a very good job for the second team. Really putting pressure on the first group. He's he's a fine player. Uh, you know, he's he's really competitive. He's very quick. He can blow the ball up the floor. He, he attacks the rim. So he's been playing very well. Manny, I'm sorry to say, the, the brilliance of the NCAA, they're not allowing him to practice, but he is in the weight room. He's he's uh, doing everything he needs to do there. He's doing workouts on his own. And, uh, you know, in, in the long haul, it might be a good situation for him. You know, he needs to put some beef on the body. We were banking on having another big body, and him at 6'9", being able to put him on the floor for the season. But, uh, you know, once again, it's, uh, I, I've dealt with uh, the decisions made by that group for a long time. And it's, uh, you know, it's really incredible.
0: And coach, a final question here. Uh, Brian Smith, he's played up and down this year. He, he's worked through some injuries. We've talked about how much of an X factor he is for you guys. What do you see as the main issue with him right now?
1: Well, once again, I mean, it's something we've talked to Brian about his entire career. Here He's kind of been up and down. When we've yeah. won big games, Brian Smith had big games, and uh, when we've lost rough games, Brian Smith has struggled. And it's not all on his shoulders, obviously. But I think he, uh, you know, he needs to understand once again that. Uh, as a scorer and that's what he is and his ability to stretch defense he's got to find ways to extend defense by putting himself positioned to get open looks at the three uh, at times uh, this year he's been and it's through comp- you know his competitive nature he's trying to make some plays around the basket that just aren't there for someone at 6-3 so he's got to get that mid-range game going a little bit the other night he had a great shot fake on the three when people flying at him a little sidestep bank shot from mid-range he's got to be able to score more doing that uh, and, and it's just got to become a more consistent warrior mentality, uh, you know, for him to go out and compete with bigger bodies, and we understand that, but we've had players do it in the past, and uh, and go out and defend and rebound, and, and once again, another guy who needs to stay out of foul trouble. And when we look at the fouls as a group, they have to their basketball IQs have to increase, and that's our job to teach them that. But they're picking up some silly fouls a long way from the basket, uh, and, you know, they add up and they come back and bite you in the tail in the second half of games.
0: Coach, as always, thanks for the time. Uh, we will talk to you on Wednesday in Pittsburgh.
1: Thank you, guys. Thanks very much for everything.
0: All right. That is head coach Tom Pacora of Fordham Basketball. Again, the Rams open up conference play at Duquesne Wednesday night.